Good morning, brothers and sisters. This is a day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. I am Mark Hedegar, and I'm blessed, honored, and humbled to be the pastor at Stratford, Salisbury Center, and Middleville United Methodist Churches, where we expect miracles, we recognize miracles, and we celebrate those miracles together. Good morning. I do have a couple of announcements. Next week, we will be doing the love feast, so Please remember to bring crackers or meatballs, pizza, donuts, um, no sauerkraut, that is not allowed, and something to drink, because uh, we will be doing the love feast, so just want to give you a heads up. Also for um, Middleville and Salisbury Center, a decision will have to be made this week on whether or not you want to open up the church on 7 February, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, we'll get with the admin councils and see what's going on, and, and we will get the word out to everybody. Thank you. This morning's memory verse comes from 1 Samuel 2, 3. Talk no more so very proudly. Let not arrogance come from your mouth. For the Lord is a God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. Actions are weighed. Let us pray. God of all power. You are the one who called this world into being, and we acknowledge that you have no equal in the extent of your power. Yet, you want to share your power, your strength, with those who are powerless. You ache to heal the brokenhearted and to bind up the wounds of the lost and rejected people of this world. Such radical love leaves us speechless, but you gave it in human form and shape in the person of Jesus in whom your promises of healing and empowerment were fulfilled. We give you thanks and praise for blessing our lives in this way, and we pray that in Jesus and through the power of the Holy Spirit, we too can become radical lovers of the powerless and passionate bearers of hope to those whose lives are filled with despair and hopelessness. May this time of worship this morning be a true expression of our desire to praise and glorify you, O God, for the many ways in which you bless us. And may our lives reveal our gratitude in all we think, all we do, and all we say. We pray all this in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Please join me with the call to worship. Brothers and sisters in Christ, what hopes do you bring to worship? We bring hope for health and wholeness. What afflictions do you bring to worship? Physical pain from illness or injury? Emotional pain from sad or scary life situations? Mental pain from diseases or sickness? With all of these afflictions, it's a miracle that any of us have made it to worship this morning. But where else would we be? We yearn to know God's powerful love and to know that wholeness is possible. Let us bring all of who we are into relationship with our Creator today. So come, let us enter into worship with our whole selves, hopeful, afflicted, and bold. Come, let us worship. Amen. This morning's Lady Scripture comes from 1 Samuel 15, Verses 22 through 23. 1 Samuel 15, verses 22 through 23. 
And Samuel said, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obedience to the voice of the Lord? Surely to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed than the fat of rams. For rebellion is no less a sin than divination, and stubbornness is like iniquity and idolatry. This is the word of God for the people of God. We move to joys and concerns. Um, I will announce that Pastor Ejaz has returned home. Um, my buddy Jeff said that the church had just called him uh, Friday or Saturday and told him that he'd returned home. Now, we had heard that he was home a couple weeks ago, so I'm not sure if Pastor Ejaz ended up back in the hospital, but either way, we, we praise God that he is home now, so we thank you for that. We do have um, so many people in nursing homes and rehab units that are in need of prayer. They can't get visitors. Um, we have got some uh, help from ombudsman. So if you have people in nursing homes or rehab units that need help or somebody to uh, represent them, if you will, for their care, especially now during, you know, the restrictions, uh, call me. Just call me and I will hook you up with an ombudsman for your county. They, our volunteers are a great, great group of people. Um, so just call me, 315-571-4467, 315-571-4467. And I warn everybody that if you call and don't leave a message, I will block you because I'll just assume that it's one of those robocalls. So call if you don't get me to leave a message. I promise you I'll get back to you within 24 hours, if not sooner. All right? So if you need an ombudsman or prayer... Or a laugh, let me know, and I'll look up a joke or something. But I'm here for you, just call me. So as we're going over, as I'm praying this morning and going over um, our concerns for the Lord, just again, He knows your heart, He knows your minds, but you can yell it out. If you're sitting home alone, yell it out. And, and if you're brave enough, open a window and let a neighbor hear you yelling. Maybe they'll come over and safely from a six-foot distance or more, see what you're up to, and you can, you can tell them that you're praying, and maybe they'll pray as well. So let us pray. To our God who welcomes all in love, we pray for the good of the church and the concerns of those in need. God of every land and every nation, you've created all people and you dwell among us in Jesus Christ. Listen to the cries of those who pray to you and grant that as we proclaim the greatness of your name, all people will know the power of love at work in the world. Father God, you spoke your word and revealed your good news in Jesus, the Christ. Fill all creation with that word again, so that by proclaiming your joyful promises to all nations and singing of your glorious hope to all peoples, we may become one living body, your incarnate presence here on earth. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So the message today is going to be a little different, I think, but it's titled, The Good and the Right Way. The Good and the Right Way. In 1 Samuel 12, 23, Samuel said to the Israelites, Moreover, as for me, 
Far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by ceasing to pray for you. And I will instruct you in the good and the right way. The good and the right way. We started this series on getting back to the basics several weeks ago. We began with a question, how could we possibly remember God's promises and commandments if we only heard his word once a week? Last week, I compared it to driving in the winter and only clearing enough of that windshield so we can see over the steering wheel. And we all agreed that driving with a partial view put us and others at risk. We acknowledged it was safer for everyone if we had the full view, allowing us to see potential dangers. So we spent the last two weeks setting up, going back to the basics, and gauging where we were personally with our walk with Christ and the knowledge of God's Word. Now, as you know by now, I don't believe in coincidences. And I know that many of you, if not most of you, don't believe in them either. So last week, a friend of mine texted me and said he was struggling with some scripture passages before his Bible study. Well, I didn't have the time to research it before his class, but I decided to look at it when I had a chance. <laughs> when I read it, I immediately knew that the passage was God sent, not a coincidence. It was from the first book of Samuel. And as I read it, I knew the Lord wanted me to use it to tie it in with getting back to the basics. Now, a lot of this message will seem like a history lesson, but bear with me and see how it all ties in. So first, a little background. First and second Samuel presents the life history of Samuel in the history of Israel under the judges before a king was appointed. It also tells of Saul's rise and fall as a king. It points out how Saul failed by relying on his own strength and wisdom, forgetting the basics. So let's go back in time. Let's begin with Samuel's mom, Hannah. Hannah was married. She was one of two wives. Hannah was unable to have children for some reason. The other wife had many and often ridiculed Hannah for it. The Bible says the Lord had closed Hannah's womb. Year after year, Hannah went with her husband and family to worship and make sacrifices to the Lord in Shiloh. Year after year, Hannah prayed that God would bless her with a man-child. But year after year, Hannah remained barren. We hear her words during one of her visits in 1 Samuel 1, 9-11. 1 Samuel 1, 9-11. After they had eaten and drunk at Shiloh, Hannah rose and presented herself before the Lord. Now Eli the priest was sitting on a seat beside the doorpost of the temple of the Lord. She was deeply distressed and prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. She made this vow. Oh, Lord of hosts, if only you will look on the misery of your servant and remember me and not forget your servant, but will give to your servant a male child. Then I will set him before you as a Nazarite until the day of his death. He shall drink neither wine nor intoxicants and no razor shall touch his head. Her prayers were finally answered. Hannah conceived the man-child and named him Samuel. Now when Samuel turned 12, Hannah kept her vow and took him to Eli and presented him to the Lord for service. 
We hear the exchange between the two in chapter 1, 26 through 28. And she said, Oh, my Lord, as you live, my Lord, I am the woman who was standing here in your presence praying to the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord has granted me the petition that I made to him. Therefore, I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he is given to the Lord. So we see that Samuel grew, and the Bible says he grew in favor with both the Lord and man. He eventually became a judge of Israel as well as a prophet. Many years later, the people approached Samuel and demanded a king. We hear this exchange in chapter 8, verses 4 through 5. Then all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah and said to him, You are old, and your sons do not follow in your ways. Appoint for us, then, a king to govern us like other nations. They wanted to be like other nations. God was not pleased with us. He did not want Israel to be like other nations. And brothers and sisters, he doesn't want us to be like them either. But God allowed their request, and he chose Saul to be their first king. Samuel anointed Saul and prophesied over him in chapter 10, verse 6. The Spirit of the Lord will possess you, and you will be in a prophetic frenzy along with them and be turned into a different person. You will be turned into a different person. So Saul was converted, as Samuel prophesied. He became a new man, a new creature. The Bible says that God gave him a new heart, just like the one he gives us when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. But it only took two years for Saul to become self-confident and full of himself. You see, he skipped the God's got this part and went right to the I've got this part. Saul forgot the basics. Towards the end of his reign, Israel was faced with a large Philistine army. The Israelites were once again badly outnumbered. Now, as you know, this is nothing new for Israel. God had produced many miraculous victories for Israel when they were outnumbered. But in all of those cases, the Lord was in charge of the battle. So we read that Samuel had advised Saul to wait seven days for him before the battle. As it turned out, Samuel was a little late. He was probably stuck behind the blue Subaru, and Saul decided to take matter into his own hands. He went to the priest himself and sacrificed a burnt offering instead of allowing Samuel to do it. He had abandoned the basics. Saul declared, I've got this, and off he went. He looked at the world through his fleshly eyes, and he decided he could do it on his own instead of allowing God to work with him through the prophet Samuel. Saul ignored both Samuel and God. Samuel showed up immediately after the sacrifice and asked, What have you done? Saul, of course, made all kinds of excuses, just like we tend to do, just like I tend to do. Well, for Saul, this became the turning point. This is where we can assume Saul's heart had grown cold to the Lord. He had become prideful and arrogant. 
He looked down on people, even the servant and prophet Samuel. Now, the Bible doesn't go into detail as to why Saul's heart changed, but maybe, just maybe it was because he failed to stick to the basics or, or maybe to go back to them once he was off track. Maybe his prayer time decreased or maybe even stopped completely. Maybe he felt he was too busy running the kingdom to devote time to reading the Bible every day. Maybe he felt he knew enough of Scripture to get by in life. And maybe, just maybe, the enemy took this opportunity to stroke Saul's ego and convince him to believe and declare, I've got this, forgetting that first we have to declare God's got this. Whatever the case, it's a somber reminder that we all need to stick to the basics and remain faithful in our studies and prayers. So Samuel rebuked Saul in chapter 13, verses 13 through 14. He said, You have done foolishly. You have not kept the commandment of the Lord your God, which he commanded you. The Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. But now your kingdom will not continue. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart. And the Lord has appointed him to be ruler over his people because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. That, brothers and sisters, was the beginning of the end for Saul. He continued to rely on himself rather than the Lord, and it led to him ultimately disobeying God. And he lost his kingdom because of that. We hear the Lord himself in chapter 15, verse 11. He said, I regret that I made Saul king. For he has turned back from following me and has not carried out my commands. And we hear Samuel's rejection in verse 26. Samuel said, I will not return with you, for you have rejected the word of the Lord, and the Lord has rejected you from being king over Israel. So that, my friends, is a long history lesson to get to this. Apart from God, we are helpless. Saul lost his kingdom because he forgot who he was, whose he was, and the importance of relying on God's word and direction. Yes, he forgot the basics. He forgot the words of Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. He forgot the words of the Lord in Jeremiah 17, 5. Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength. He forgot God's promise to Israel in Exodus 14, 14. The Lord will fight for you, and you only have to remain silent. He forgot what it says in Psalm 1, 1 through 3. Happy are those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, or take the path that sinners tread, or sit in the seat of scoffers. But their delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, they meditate day and night. They are like trees planted by streams of water which yield their fruit in its season. And their leaves do not wither. In all that they do, they prosper. We are called to meditate on Scripture. We are called to remember the basics, prayer, 
study, devotions. The longer we stay out of the Word, the longer we avoid Christian teaching, the longer we avoid worshiping God, the more we become like the world. Last week I challenged you to gauge your personal walk and growth. I asked you to look at your calendars and checkbooks to see where your priorities have been. What did you discover? Are you spending more time with the world than with God? Saul was chosen to be a king and he lost his kingdom because of a heart turned cold. My challenge to you all this week is to not become a Saul. Do not let your hearts become hardened by the things of the world. We cannot spend day after day in the world without it affecting our mind and will and our heart. We know that the world has a dulling effect on our Christian spirits. It doesn't take long to become disoriented to the ways of God. So stay in the word. Stay in prayer. Trust God to guide you. Listen for and listen to the Holy Spirit. We've been chosen to be sons and daughters of the Most High God, and he loves each and every one of us. Samuel 12, 22 promises us, For the Lord will not cast away his people for his great name's sake, because it has pleased the Lord to make you a people for himself. Oswald Chambers said, There are vast areas of stubbornness and ignorance the Holy Spirit has to reveal in each of us. But it can only be done when Jesus gets us alone. My prayer this week is that we would all find some alone time with Jesus as we return to the basics. Let us pray. Lord, teach us to walk in your righteousness ways. I'm sorry, Lord, teach us to walk in your righteous ways as we study your word. Teach us to follow your statutes and keep your ordinances acting faithfully. Teach us to live a life of rightness and correcting, correct thinking, correct feeling, and correct acting. Teach us to love you with all our hearts, minds, and strength, and to love our neighbors as ourselves. Teach us to hate sin as much as you do and to evict it from our lives. We hunger for thirst and your righteousness to become a more perfect reflection of your character. We thank you that you do not leave us alone on this journey. We thank you for the robe of righteousness given to us through your Son, Jesus Christ. And we thank you for the Holy Spirit, which you use to draw us closer to you. May our hunger and thirst for righteousness never grow dull or be quenched. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God does not delight in pomp and show but in a humble and contrite heart. Allow him to overturn our love of worldly possessions and fix our hearts more firmly on him that having nothing, we may yet possess everything, a treasure stored up for us in heaven. It's at this time that we would accept the offering. And as I do every week, as I, as I brag on the radio recording and as I brag uh, during our in-service worship, I am just so proud of so many people for 
uh, blessing the three churches and, and sending in tithes and offerings and just being obedient to God. So I thank you, I thank you, I thank you. Let us pray. God of power and wisdom, we give you our eternal thanks for the gift of your Son who came not only to save, but to teach us about your kingdom and how we might live to ready ourselves for that kingdom. He taught with authority, and if we listen, we will live a life of generosity, mercy, and compassion. Bless what we give this day and help us be faithful in the use of all our resources that we might live like those anticipating your kingdom. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Go forth, replenished by the grace and mercy of God, blessed by the healing love of Jesus, and energized by the limitless power of the Holy Spirit. And now receive the benediction. May God's love surround you, God's Spirit guide you, God's whisper cheer you, God's peace calm you, God's shield protect you, and God's wisdom arm you wherever he may lead you. Amen. Until we meet again, brothers and sisters, may God bless you all and keep you all. Stay safe and stay in his word. Amen. God bless.